the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The leaders of Judah abandoned the people is what it said. Just like a doe in a time of severe drought will abandon its own fawn if there's no food. The doe will abandon its fawn for self-preservation. The doe will go looking for food. And, And here it's describing the leaders in that same way that the leaders have abandoned the people. They're looking out for themselves like a deer that finds no pasture. As Pastor Dan continues his introduction to the book of Lamentations in today's message, we'll find Israel described in dire terms. To imagine the place of desperation they were in is a hard thought. A life following God is not easy. It holds plenty of trials, but it has God in it. And that brings redemption in the face of pain and death. Sadly, as we see in today's study, when you turn from God as Israel did and strike out under your own power and wisdom, you'll soon find yourself in similar straits. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Lamentations, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. I won't destroy this house because of your your rebellion and your wickedness and your sin. Go look and see what I did at Shiloh. I'll do to you what I did at Shiloh. I'm going to take this house away from you if you don't turn from your wicked ways. Again, they, they trusted in a place, a building, rather than their relationship with God. And they believed God will never destroy his temple. They miscalculated. So now go back to Lamentations. So when the Babylonians come into the city, there's a certain number of the Jewish people that think, well, well, God will protect our city, just like he protected it in the past. And God would never allow anything to happen to his temple. And we're safe because we've got the temple and this is Jerusalem. And he's not going to permit this. And so when the Babylonians came into Jerusalem and burned the city and burned the temple to the ground, it shattered the faith of a lot of Jews. It was confusing to them. They, they, they couldn't make sense of it. It was, it was devastating. They thought that God abandoned them. Now, we know from the book of Jeremiah that God warned them repeatedly that this would happen if they refused to repent. And what Lamentations does Uh, One of the things that Lamentations does is Lamentations sets the record straight. Lamentations is going to give us a right biblical perspective of what happened in Jerusalem and why it happened. So verse 1, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow is she who was great among the nations. The princes among the provinces have become 
a slave. Again, Jeremiah is writing about the city of Jerusalem after its destruction at the hands of the Babylonians. Jerusalem, before its destruction, it's described in the Bible as the perfection of beauty and the joy of the whole earth. Psalm 48 says Jerusalem is high and magnificent and the whole earth rejoices to see it. Now Jerusalem lies deserted. It's empty. Lonely sits the city that was once full of people. It's, it's completely empty. This, this city that was once full of people, now there's nobody here. You know, what Jeremiah saw in the city of Jerusalem has also happened in many churches and many denominations, sadly. These churches that were once full of life, you know, and, and dynamic and full of the Holy Spirit, full of people, people that loved Jesus, people that were excited for Jesus, and then they lost their way, and they're, they're just these big, empty churches now. At some point in the past, when they were built, they were filled with people, probably multiple services on a Sunday morning. Now they're empty, and they're for sale. And they're going to be purchased and repurposed and turned into restaurants or shops or apartments or mosques. They're empty. These, these, they were once filled with people, just as Jerusalem once was, and now they just sit empty. Jerusalem was once a, a great among the nations. He says here in verse 1, it was a world-class city. She had once ruled nations such as Moab and Edom, under King David and King Solomon. Now she's reduced to the status of a slave. Verse 2 says she, she weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. When it talks about her lovers here, it's a reference to the nations that Judah looked to for help instead of looking to Yahweh, their God. For help. They, they look to Egypt to help them. They look to Egypt to protect them. They look to other nations to come to their rescue instead of calling upon the name of their God. And now he, he says here, all your lovers have left you. They've abandoned you. They provide no, no comfort. They've turned against you. You're alone. Judah, verse 3, has gone into captivity under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations, meaning the pagan nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. She has gone into captivity. Judah has gone into captivity. She dwells among pagan nations now. She finds no rest. She was in dire straits. That means extreme distress. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. In extreme distress, her persecutors overtake her. And the, the phrase dire straits here, it has the idea of, of no way out. There's nowhere for them to turn. You can picture somebody you know, that is trapped in an alleyway, a dead-end alley, and they've got no way of, of escape. That, that was Jerusalem, overtaken in dire straits and overtaken by her enemies. You guys remember the Exodus? Remember the Exodus story? Remember how God miraculously led the children of Israel out of Egypt and Pharaoh and his, and his chariots pursued after the children of Israel and the children of Israel, they came up against the Red Sea. They came to a dead end 
And it tells us in Exodus 14 that they were, they were hemmed in by the mountains. They were in an alleyway. They had mountains on each side. They had the Dead Sea in front of them. They had Pharaoh's army chasing after them. They were in dire straits. They were about to be overtaken by their enemy. And what did God do? He miraculously parted the Red Sea. And he delivered them supernaturally from their enemy. Here are the children of Israel. Once again, they're in dire straits. They've come to a dead end. There's no way out for them. But God didn't deliver them this time. And he didn't deliver them this time because they are in the situation they're in because of their own sin and rebellion. Before, it was God who led them into the situation they were in. They were following God in obedience. And God brought them to a place where he showed his power, showed his might on their behalf. They've gotten themselves into this situation. There's no miracle. They're going to stay in Babylon for 70 years. God's not going to supernaturally deliver them out. They're going to stay the whole time for their 70 years. You know, before God brought them into the promised land, he warned them of the consequences of rebelling against him and turning to other gods. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 28, you don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes... Deuteronomy 28, beginning in about verse 62, if they, if they rebel against God, if they're disobedient to God, God says, you will be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven in multitude because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. You'll be left few in number. That's exactly what has happened to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. They're few in number now. And it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing. And you shall be plucked from off the land which you go to possess. Then the Lord will scatter you among all people from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. And among those nations you shall find no rest. We just read that in Lamentations 1, that they had no rest. God warned them before they even came into the land that if they are disobedient, he's going to send them into a foreign nation where they will find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, oh, that it were evening. And at evening you shall say, oh, that it were morning. Because of the fear which terrifies your heart and because of the sight which your eyes see. That's exactly what has happened. Just as God said would happen, that is what has happened to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Look at verse 4. The roads to Zion, that's another name for Jerusalem. The roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to the set feasts. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted and she is in bitterness. You know, the, you know this, but the Jews had three great feasts, three great celebrations a year. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And, and any Jewish person who was able to make the journey to Jerusalem was expected to make the journey to Jerusalem to celebrate those feasts. And so when those feasts would come around, the whole nation would close down. All, everybody would close their shop and close up their home and everybody would make the journey up to Jerusalem and 
Whole towns would go together, whole villages. There'd be these huge caravans of people on all the highways leading to Zion. Let's go up to Zion, right? And they would go up to Jerusalem. And as they went, they would sing the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 120 to 134, these songs about going up to Jerusalem. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, right? And they're singing these songs and they're celebrating and rejoicing as they're going up. Hundreds of thousands of people making this journey along the highways of Jerusalem, camping along the roadside, cooking their food. Remember in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, uh, Joseph and Mary, they leave Jerusalem and they think Jesus is, he's like 12 years old and they think he's just in the caravan somewhere with his friends and they get a few days out of Jerusalem and they realize Jesus is nowhere to be found and they got to go back to Jerusalem to look for him. They find him in the temple, right? Uh, but, and so that, that's the picture that it's talking about here. The roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to the set feasts anymore. Everyone's gone. Either they were killed by the Babylonians or they were carried away captive by the Babylonians. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. You know, understand that in, in the time of Jesus, uh, they estimate that as many as two million Jews went up to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts. But now no one goes. The, the priests are in the temple during the feast and they're, they're sighing because no one's there. It's empty. Again, verse four, the roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to the set feast. All her gates are desolate her priests sigh, her virgins are afflicted, she is in bitterness, her adversaries have become the master, her enemies prosper, for the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Verse 5 is important. Why did this happen? This happened because of the multitude of her transgressions. The Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of of her transgressions. There were people among the Jews who were asking, why has this happened? Why didn't God deliver us like he delivered us in the past? Why didn't God protect us? Why didn't God preserve his temple? Why did God allow this? Why would a loving God allow this to happen? You've heard questions like that. Well, he flat out tells us in verse five, in this case, for the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. This is the affliction of God. This is the chastening of God because of her transgressions. The end of the verse says, her children have gone into captivity before the enemy and from the daughter of Zion, all her splendor has departed, right? The joy of the whole earth is Jerusalem, but now all of her splendor has departed. Her princes, her leaders 
have become like deer that find no pasture, that flee without strength before the pursuer. Now, if you're taking notes, you can jot down Jeremiah 14.5 next to that verse. Her princes have become like deer that find no pasture, that flee. In Jeremiah 14.5, it says, Even the doe in the field deserts her newborn fawn because there is no grass. The leaders of Judah abandoned the people, is what it's saying. Just like a doe in a time of severe drought will abandon its own fawn if there's no food. The doe will abandon its fawn for self-preservation. The doe will go looking for food. And, And here it's describing the leaders in that same way that the leaders have abandoned the people. They're looking out for themselves like a deer that finds no pasture. In the days of her affliction and roaming, look at verse 7. Jerusalem remembers all her pleasant things that she had in the days of old when her people fell into the hand of the enemy with no one to help her. The adversary saw her and mocked at her downfall. The people of Judah, they were in captivity in Babylon. They were afflicted. They're under God's judgment. And yet they they look back and they remember all the good things. They they look back and they, they remember how good they had it in Judah and in Jerusalem. Which is often what we do when we lose something. Something that we can't have uh, anymore. We don't really appreciate it until it's gone. And now they're in captivity. They've, they've lost everything. They've lost their nation. They've lost their land. They've lost the temple. All of it. And now, they're, now they're, they, they realize how good they had it. How, how much God blessed them. And they just took it for granted. And they mistreated God. Who was so gracious and generous to them. It's, they're looking back with regret. Verse 8. Jerusalem has sinned gravely. This is why it's happened. Again, Jeremiah is telling us in a very straightforward way. This is why this happened. Because Jerusalem has sinned gravely. Therefore, she has become vile. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns away. Jerusalem was once honored and respected by the other nations. But now she's despised by the other nations. Her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. You should underline that in your Bible. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. She had no comforter. Oh, Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy is exalted. She did not consider her destiny. She did not consider her future. And this is often the case when a person turns away from the Lord and a person starts walking in sin and walking in rebellion. They, they don't think it through to the end. They don't, they don't think it out. They don't think about the future. They're usually only thinking about the, the, the excitement of the sin and they're only thinking about themselves, but they're not thinking about the future of where this is going to take them. And you've seen it. You've seen it before. I've seen it. 
uh, where somebody who is, it gets exposed, uh, that comes into the light that they're in some kind of sin, that they're caught up in something they shouldn't be, and they're doing something they shouldn't be doing it. And, and you, you look at it and you, and you think, well, what did they expect would happen? How do they expect this to work out? I mean, did they really think they could like, live a double life like this forever and that somehow it's just all going to work out? They're not thinking about the future. And they're not thinking about their destiny. That God has a destiny for them. He has a destination. They're just thinking about the here and now. And sometimes if you have the opportunity to talk to a person who's just caught up, up and wrapped up in sin like that, that has just brought destruction to their life or destruction to their family, and, and you say, well, what were you thinking? They'll say, I don't know. I wasn't thinking. Because they're not thinking. They're not, they're not thinking of a way of how this is all going to work out. And I'm going to get away with this. They're just walking in the sin and enjoying the sin. Not thinking about their future. Jeremiah says here, her collapse was awesome. It was astonishing to see how she was brought down. I, man, I, to me, I feel like verse 9 is such a warning about sin and rebellion. Did you, did, they did not consider their destiny. And their collapse was awesome. They weren't thinking about the future and, and, and how this ever would work out. Or how they would ever get away with this. And the collapse was astonishing to see. And you have seen that happen to people. Whether you knew them or maybe it was some kind of celebrity that you didn't know personally. That once, once they get exposed and once the sin comes out, and man, they hit the pavement hard. And the collapse is awesome. And that should, that should uh, scare us straight to see that in someone else's life. Sin is pleasurable for a season, the Bible tells us. There is a joy in sin. There is an excitement to it. There is a thrill to it. And again, we can get so caught up in the thrill of it that we don't think about where is this going to take me and where am I going to end up if I continue down this road? And how is this, how is this going to bring devastation to my life and to my marriage and to my family and to my friends and to my ministry or whatever it may be? And it's going to come down hard. Let it be a warning to us. He says there's no one to comfort her. She had no comforter. There's no one to help her. And again, isn't that the case? When somebody, you've seen this, where someone, they get caught up in some sin. It comes out. They get exposed. Their collapse is astonishing. and, And no one is there to comfort them. Right? And, and, you know, uh, I could, I could say the name of celebrities. Uh, or pastors, so, you know, well-known pastors that got exposed in some kind of sin, and you don't have any idea where they are today. They're just gone. And here, maybe they had a, a you know a, a national ministry. Everybody knew their name, and then it comes into the light what they're doing, and they, and, they, and they're alone, man. They are alone. They are abandoned, and it's like they just disappear. 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan. Thanks for joining us as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Lamentations. During the time Lamentations was written, Jerusalem was being destroyed. But in the midst of Jerusalem's destruction, there was still the hope of God. When life around you seems to be falling apart, do you place your hope in the Lord? If you'd like to hear more teachings like this one from Pastor Dan, visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast provides you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, feel free to share any prayer requests, and we'd be happy to pray with and for you. We truly hope today's message has been a blessing to you. That's all for now. Tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Lamentations, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes It's true.